Hey y'all, I'm Damon Oates, founder of Deco Exchange. Who else has heard that crafting is just a hobby? I turned my love of crafting into a thriving multi seven-figure company, surrounded myself in an amazing community, and met some amazing business owners along the way. I'm here to show everyone that makers mean business. What is up, you guys? It is Parker with the Makers Mean Business podcast. Y'all, Damon is a bit tied up this week, so I was asked to kind of cover for him. So I picked one of the topics that I was, you know, I'm, I'm kind of passionate about. I've been working on a little bit. Um, it's just been something that I have spent a lot of time on and something that I just really care about. So th- this whole episode was going to be centered around subscription boxes or subscription. I don't want to say subscription services. Um, strictly subscription boxes uh you know a physical product that's mailed to a customer every month over and over until they decide to cancel so for those of you guys that don't know we have a wreath supply box subscription box so we send out a monthly box of crafting supplies every month to our customers and i'm just going to kind of talk through the story of you know how it all started how it grew, how it shrank, what worked and what didn't work. And then I will, I'm going to be interviewing a friend of ours, uh, Sarah Williams. She recently wrote an ebook and she has a subscription group all around launching your own subscription box as well as growing your subscription box service. She is a good friend of ours. She is a part of our mastermind and she's just a, re- a really good person all around. Uh, so I'm super excited to talk to her later about all of that. But but first, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into subscription boxes. The nice thing about subscription boxes, you guys, is it's just, you know, recurring revenue. So every month, you know that that money is coming in as long as you have a good product, as long as the people don't cancel, you know, as long as you're, you're serving your customer well, you're going to have that money over and over every month. So, I mean, it's, it's really just a huge asset to your business. Um, subscription services in general are just like really popular right now. And if you can somehow figure out a way to work that into your business, it will definitely work out to your advantage. But no, we we pretty much launched it overnight. We had a huge customer base to begin with, and it was just one of those things that we thought would be a good option for us. Uh, We hadn't necessarily started selling physical product yet, so it was a a way for us to dip our toe in the pool and see if that was something that we liked. Uh, And just as it turned out, you know, we sold almost 1,200 boxes uh, overnight, which we were not ready for um, on a, a physical level or as well as like a business level. I don't think looking back, um, you know, we had to bring pods into our driveway. We had to order a whole lot of physical product, you know, like thousands and tens of thousands of dollars worth of physical product that we, you know, we didn't really know what we had just did. Um, but it, it, it ended up working out in our favor, but it, it wasn't always uh the glam that it that I kind of see it as now we um, we started out with around 1200 and then it slowly started to kind of dwindle down it probably went down it probably went down to around uh, 400 or so probably up until late of 2020 no 2019 it's like late 2019 it it was around uh, 400 and you know I had kind of grown as a, a warehouse manager for those of you guys that don't know I do kind of run the the fulfillment side of our business, we do have a 13,000 square foot warehouse where we sell physical products. And, you know, I had just learned a lot over the, the two to three years of me working 
you know, myself in all the different roles as well as growing a team to kind of help actually fill boxes and ship boxes. And, uh, you know, uh, like, like with anything, you kind of learn a lot along the way you learn, you know, what to do right or how to do things right. And you, you learn from the mistakes that you've made. So not only had I not been, you know, really putting much time and attention into the, the subscription boxes, it really just wasn't something I was ready to handle because it was a, a lot more work than than what it should have been, and it, we were losing money on spending so much time on it. So as of early of early 2020, I had met Sarah at our mastermind, like I mentioned before, and she runs an extremely successful subscription box. She runs multiple different tiers of it. She has multiple different options. Uh, it, it might even be safe to say that she has multiple different types of subscri- subscription boxes. She does T-shirts. She has monogram stuff. Uh, she does a whole lot of different subscription type services uh, as far as physical product goes. So I spent a lot of time talking to her and kind of getting some pointers. And I, I made the decision to kind of, you know, bring back our subscription box and start scaling it. So one, one of the things that I did was I started a wait list. Um, I started doing box reveals on our Facebook page, you know, where I physically open the box on, on video. I let our followers kind of see what's in the box. I started promoting it. I started talking about it more. Uh, I was very intentional about um, growing the box, and it wasn't something that I had ever done as far as, as the subscription box went. So th- those are just a couple of things that really helped uh, increase the legitimacy. Legitimacy? It helped increase the legitimacy of the subscription box. And um, really, it just kind of started growing from there. So I think as of uh, June or July of, of 2020, we are up to almost a thousand subscribers. So I've grown it around 600 people in the last six months, which is, I mean, if I say so myself, it's been a pretty, pretty big growth. Uh, and I, I feel our team is more confident handling that, you know, we can knock that out in a day or two and then go back to business as usual in the warehouse. Um, so subscription boxes in general has been a, a big part of our business. And I, I'm hoping to get Sarah on here shortly and we can just talk about all of the, the tips and tricks that she has, as well as the ebook that she offers on that. So I think we'll just jump right into it and get Sarah on here. Thanks for joining us. Um, We're going to talk a little bit with Parker about where he was when he started his subscription box, the road that went down, then he pulled back and then he went full force again and how that's, how that's changed and why all of those things happen and then where, where we go from here. Sure. So... So we have a, a, a pretty crazy launch story. We didn't have these fa- fancy launches or any kind of ads or anything. Um, we built a really crazy community uh, first before we started really doing much of any kind of, of sales in terms of physical products. We did have a few subscription groups and we had, um, you know, a, a solid community. And then I, w- I kept telling Damon, y'all, we sell, um, we started out selling wreaths. So Damon makes wreaths and, and for a long time we did craft shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I talked to him for a while. I was like, hey, we really need to do wreath kits. Um, our, our audience had shifted from wreath buyers into wreath makers because Damon started doing lives and he started making wreaths online and people just, all, they wanted to know, where do you get this? How did you do that? So it it really just, it was an interesting shift to see. Um, but, you know, I kept hounding him. I was like, we really have to do wreath kits. We need to sell supplies. We need to do all this stuff. And he kept fighting me on it every every day. And then one day, seriously, one day, I woke up and he's like, I just spent $40,000. I was like, what? And we have 16 pallets on the way. I was like, what? And he's like, I sold 1,200 subscription boxes overnight. So we had managed to somehow, without 
even knowing what we were doing, um, launch a wreath supply subscription box overnight and sold 1200 boxes. Y'all, it was a, it was a mess. Uh, we had to get pods out in our driveway. We had to empty out our garage. Uh, we, we ordered the boxes, just the boxes to fill 1200 subscription boxes. And we filled up our whole garage. I was like, Oh my God, what did we do with just the boxes? It was seriously a disaster. Um, so that was, that was the start. Uh, we slowly kind of trickled down after that because we were working from our house. You know, we had a, basically an assembly line from our side door through our kitchen into the living room and out the front door just to get stuff out. It, I would it love was, to see a picture of that. <laughs> it was a disaster to say the least. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of scaled it back just to kind of get more control. And at that same time, we had also started selling supplies, you know, as a, a one-off e-commerce product, a physical product. And we just weren't ready for what we had done in, in that sense. Uh, but since then, we had got, we've got a warehouse. We've got, we started out with a 5,000 square foot warehouse, but now we're up to around 13,000 square feet. Um, and I, I met Sarah at our mastermind in January, February, 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 a few months ago, you guys. <laughs> and, and at that time we were around uh, 400 subscribers. We had let it kind of just go to where we could kind of cruise control. Okay. Say boxes. that again. You were at 1200 yeah. and it, you let it come down to almost 400 or around 400 number. And tell them why, because I don't think people understand that. Like they would say, well, why would you let that come down? Um, <laughs> There's a few reasons. Uh, we weren't we weren't paying any attention to it was probably the biggest reason. The second reason was we just didn't have the the bandwidth with everything that was going on to juggle doing that and our other business and you know all the subscription groups that we had. Um, so it really just took it took a lot of planning and it took a lot of manpower that we didn't have at the time to keep doing that every month over and over again yeah. as well as space. Um, so so when I started, uh, like I said, when I met you, we. I kind of like decided to champion the the scaling back of the subscription boxes. And tell me why. What did you see in that moment when we started talking subscription boxes? Like what triggered you that, okay, I need to go back there. I need to get it back where it was. What was that that triggered for you? Just how it was doable. You know, mm -hmm. like it, it reminded me that this was something that we had before and I know we could do it again. And, you know, two years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, no, no idea what I was doing. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I grew as a warehouse manager. I grew as a, a, a business owner. You know, I, I learned about marketing. I learned about, um, wait list. I learned about launches. I learned all of these things that I didn't know before. Um, and we had kind of set like a step-by-step -step process on order the material here, get it shipped by here, have it packed by here, print all the labels here. So I had, I had learned to optimize the process that we had existing with those 400 boxes and it made it super easy to scale it because I already knew what I was doing. So the process before was overwhelming because you didn't, <laughs> yeah. you didn't have those little processes sure, down yeah, yeah. and now it's so easy. Yeah. Right. It was like drinking from a fire hose and you know, we, we cranked the back. So like, it was more like drinking from a water, like a water faucet. <laughs> and now I'm, now that I'm, I'm more ready for the growth. I feel like I'm, I'm good to scale it. Yeah. Um, so in, in the last few months we've got up to, uh, this month we're sending out 950 boxes and I'm, amazing. I'm on trend to have uh 1500 by the end of the year. Yeah. And then a really big goal for next year. You want to tell them what your goal is for next year? Uh, the goal is somewhere in, in February. I hope to launch, um, 
because right now I'm limited by getting supplies into the warehouse, but I'm hoping to launch maybe 750 boxes yeah. in February, ex- extra boxes. Um, so I'm, I'm playing with the number, but somewhere around there, I'm, I'm hoping to get there. So I'm curious to know, like, what was it that made you decide a subscription box was right for your business or for your customer? Recurring revenue is the best. It's recurring best. revenue is the best revenue. Um, I, I don't remember what event we were at, but someone was saying how in maybe it was like 2016, Amazon Prime brought in more money than people shopping on Amazon. Like Amazon made more money from Amazon Prime than selling product. Their membership fee. Yeah, their membership, their mm-hmm. recurring membership that you pay every year, even that you probably don't even think about. Everyone's an Amazon Prime member. Right. Um, and I, I had seen the success of Damon's subscription groups, right? We've, we have probably almost like 5,000 people that pay us every month for a service. Yeah. And it's a digital service, but I was like, why don't we do that with physical with physical product? It's a, um, what is the word, like a perishable product? It's a usable product. People use it and it's consumable. Consumable, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a consumable product that people use and they want more and it's seasonal and it's just, it's a perfect fit for a subscription box. It is. It's perfect fit for you guys because they don't need just one of your items. They need multiple of your items to Mm -hmm. make the whole. And I think when you can put that all in a package and make it super convenient for the customer, that's a win every single time. And that's exactly what you did for them. You're making it easy for them to purchase multiple things and they don't have to think about what they need because you're putting it all together. Can you talk about what's in your box? Yeah, so um, (laughs) people always think it's like a wreath kit, which is all the things that that we use to make a wreath in the box. Uh, But with our audience, it kind of works best with having a mixture of stuff. It's a random supply box is what I call it. some of it has ribbon, some of it has mesh, some of it has frames, some of it has signs. All these pieces that go into making a wreath. Um, and it, it, our people love it. It's just like a, they call it like Christmas every month. I'm sure you get the same thing. It's Christmas. Yes. It's a, it's just a fun little thing that they, they can put in their craft room and get inspired by something. So they don't know what they're getting before no. you ship it. Mm-mm. It's a mystery. It is a mystery box. Do you find that that's the best kind of box to, to receive? Is that mystery box? Do you get... I think so for for our people, yeah. If if I told them what was in it, it wouldn't. It's just like the allure. Feel as yeah, it's the allure of yeah. of it being a mystery. Um, I agree. And they have such trust in me and Damon to make sure that they're getting you know fun, trendy, uh, seasonal stuff that they're they know they're gonna love. It just kind of adds to the the anticipation of getting something awesome. Yeah. So knowing what you know now. What would you do differently when you started your subscription box? <laughs> uh, I would get the right size box. I mean, that's probably the, the first thing that jumps out at me. Uh, the first size box that we sent out, those 1,200 boxes, we shipped in a 22 by 22 by 8 Ooh, box. That's a big box. And if, if you guys are, are watching or listening in, that's a gigantic box. That is like oversized balloon shipping rates to the maximum. So that, that would be the first thing, you know, we had, we didn't have that much product to put in the box. There was a lot of void space. We thought, well, we're going to send them a wreath kit. So they'll use the box to put the wreath in after they have it done, which was a good idea in theory. Right. But as it turns out, um, you know, shippers, uh, shipping fulfillment companies, what are they called? Uh, carriers, carriers, Mm -hmm. they don't really treat your stuff with the TLC (laughs) that you might think. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so that was just a whole mess, not to mention the cost of shipping. Um, but definitely 
I, I definitely would have gotten the correct size box off, off the break. That would have helped out a lot in terms of saving space and saving money in terms of fulfillment. It's also the weight of that box yeah. costs you more money too. So Absolutely. the bigger the box, the bigger the weight. Yeah. Um, knowing what you know now, would you have done it sooner? Scaling it or starting it? Starting it. Starting it. Um, you know, I, I think we would have. Uh, we were almost, we had just come off of working our real job at the same time. So it kind of lined up with that. But if I'd have known what was possible now, looking back, of course, yeah. You could always look back and be like, oh, yeah, I should have done that years ago. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, I guess the other question that I have would be, what would you recommend if someone's watching us right now and saying, you know, I've really wanted to start a subscription box, but I, I just can't make the leap for whatever reason. Like, what advice would you give to someone like that that's wanting to start it? Oh, boy, that was a tough one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all, we didn't, we didn't like, rehearse any of these any, at, at all. And uh, I've got a few questions here, that's, so that's fine. I yeah. can skip to other questions. No, no, that's okay. fine. Uh, and, yes, this is an ironing board. <laughs> We're super fancy. <laughs> yeah, we pulled out the bougie stuff for this. Um, <laughs> any advice I would give them, I would just try to get as much information as possible. We kind of jumped into it, um, you know, feet first, head first, whatever you want to call it. But we didn't do much research. We didn't do much planning. We didn't do much of anything, which is how we kind of ran our business for a long time. And we still do to some extent. Um, so just research, talk to people who also do it, um, ask questions. I, I, I mean, you guys are in Sarah's group, right? Is this in the group? This is my um, page, not oh, my page. group. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of them are in my group and some are, I've, I've never met some of these people sure. before. So, well, ask people who've done it before, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've, been through the ringer we've screwed stuff up we've done stuff right um we always preach getting a mentor whether it be for subscription boxes or running a business or building a website whatever it is uh there's there's power in information and there's power in asking questions and networking yeah Uh, so that would be my suggestion if you're ever trying to do anything not only subscription boxes but uh, that definitely helps too. it's go to the source go to the person that has experience yeah. doing it because sometimes that advice is pretty priceless absolutely um let me go through a couple questions here and then i'll let you grill me for a little bit okay um so julie wants to know is it really profitable with all the labor and time that is needed absolutely absolutely yeah. i think you could really once you start to scale your subscription box all those that time and labor is such a small portion of the profitability of the box yeah. and if you're not at least 30 percent profitable you shouldn't be doing but doing it but you always want to start to strive for 50 and 60 percent profitability on any subscription box so that is my advice on the profitability standpoint there um, Amy's asking, how do you estimate the inventory you need each month with new subscriptions constantly coming in? And that's a process that, um, I use and talk to Parker about. And I think that was kind of a sticking point for Parker and why they, uh, him and Damon kind of inched it back down. They were having product issues mm-hmm. because you weren't buying far enough out to get the quantities that um, you need. And so, you know, it's really about planning way ahead and working with suppliers and securing product and then kind of closing it. Like right now it's closed, my box is closed. When you close it, you know that your number stays here. And as you have cancellations, you're building in from your wait list. So that number is always staying here until you are ready to increase it. So when Parker's ordering supplies, when I'm ordering supplies, 
We plan those increases in. We don't just let people come in and out as they please. And that's a huge part of being successful because you could be sitting on a lot of product if you don't plan correctly. So I think having that launch plan of setting a number each month or each quarter and keeping it there until you're ready to increase will keep that from being an overwhelming thing. It's like just throwing a dart at the wall, picking a number each month and you don't want to operate your business that way. Yeah. You have anything you want to add to that? Yeah. Um, you might, I'll go back to the first question cause something, uh, about profitability. We we've always ran our business to where we don't lose money doing no. stuff. Like if we are losing money, we trim the fat, like it's done. Yep. Um, so that could have been one of the reasons why we even downscaled the, the 1200 boxes down to four, but you know, it, it, it's just, if you're losing money, don't do it. <laughs> right. So is it worth the pretty printed fancy box? If that makes yeah. you not profitable? No, it, go with the brown box until you can build yeah. in the, the money to pay for the pretty fancy box. You don't have to have all the pieces in place to have this superior box before you get started. I started with a brown box and a rubber stamp. Yep. And it wasn't until I hit a hundred subscribers did I have a custom box. And you don't even have to have that at I that don't, point. I, don't have a, I still don't have a stamp. You don't. And it makes total <laughs> sense for what's in your box, right? Because yeah. it's a supply box. It's a craft box. And so you have a craft brown box, right? Yeah. And so I think that you don't have to you don't have to think that you have to spend all of your, all this investment to get started. You use what you have and you start with where you're at and then you keep building on that and you keep creating a better experience for your subscribers as you go. But you never, you never go into it not to be profitable. Right. You never want to start in the red. Mm -hmm. So that's my advice on that. It, it also makes me think, I know, I wish I had a whiteboard actually to, sh to show some of this stuff, but um, as far as expenses go, there's there's like your baseline expenses that don't change no matter how much you're producing or sending out every month. So examples are like rent, most likely utilities. That kind of stuff is just like a baseline number. And as you scale up, your expenses kind of like drop a little bit because you're buying more boxes. Um, if, if you think about it, the, the time it takes to, to pack and ship 100 boxes isn't that much different than doing 200. It's not. Um, but you save money with, with buying bulk boxes, bulk tape. Bulk product. Um, you get more efficient. You know, it, it, there's a lot, of, a lot of ways to actually save money by doing more work when it comes to, um, you know, the numbers that we're talking about here. Warren says, we are helping them iron out subscription boxes <laughs> right now. No pun intended. That's, that's great, Warren. Thank um, you. Okay, so I think they... Um, okay, so Michelle says, should you keep waiting list open or just open for a short time. Michelle, you should have a wait list going 24 yeah. seven because when someone comes to buy your box, if they can't buy your box, you wanna capture their interest right away. And so you wanna have a wait list available there. So no matter when or where they land, they can get on that list if your subscription is not open. And that's just building your leads for your next time that you're open. Yep. You have any advice on the wait list? Uh, it was probably one of the best things I've done. Uh, I, like I said, we we kind of do stuff like fast and loose, hard and fast, whatever the, the term is. We, we've we never really followed the rules. We've always done stuff backwards. Um, but as far as the, the wait list goes, it's one of the best things I've done. It helps me project. It adds like a scarcity factor. It's 
it's brilliant really having having a wait list is, is so good um just to give you an example like i have around 1200 people on the wait list now and i'm i'm planning stuff for february so that 1200 wait list is giving me ideas of okay how many people really want this yeah you're, you're judging the interest yeah. from those people signing up on the wait list yeah um Okay, let's see. Julie's asking, how do we sign up for your training? So I have subscription box training membership, and right now it's currently closed. So you can join my wait list by going to launcherboxwithsarah.com. I have an ebook there, and then I will be opening my membership again in July. Thank you for asking that. Um, Debbie says, when starting a monthly subscription box, what is the best way to get the word out to potential customers? Yikes. <laughs> I mean, you, you must have something in mind, right? So what are you trying to sell? Do you have an audience that's already kind of built? That's the key right there. So you've got to have an audience. Parker and Damon have a huge audience. And yeah. so it's just a natural thing. They show up with a box and it's going to sell. Most of us don't have the kind of audience that they have. So we have to really build up that audience, create some initial interest, get some excitement going, get some buzz going, get that initial wait list going, and then start asking them what they would like to see in the box. You really want to pull your customers. They're going to tell you exactly what they want. And um, you can tell by what they're buying, what they're repeat buying, what they keep asking you for. And those all make great subscription boxes for your audience. So I would just, I would tell you to keep building your audience and keep asking them what they want. And the last thing you want to do is miss the mark on what your audience wants. Like that's a complete disaster. Yes. Um, an example would be like us sending uh, you know, maybe a paint set to our wreath making people, they would destroy us. So just make sure, especially if, you, if you're just building a new audience or you're not sure exactly what you're putting in the box, just make sure you hit your avatar as far as what you're like, who are you sending that box to and make sure you you have the right people to do that. Yeah, that's great. Okay. She says, Michelle says, thank you. I'm about to shift from a kit on a month-to-month -month basis to subscription. Hard to plan for month-to-month. -month. And Michelle, that's great because what you're doing is you're taking that unknown income into recurring income and it's gonna be steady every single month. And it's hard to plan, but you can, if you're doing a month-to-month -month kit right now, how many of those are you selling? And that's where you can start. Yeah. You can start building um, from those numbers and it's just gonna continue to grow. So I would definitely start with an average of what you're doing month-to-month. -month. Yeah, and you could, I mean, you could definitely get into the weeds of the analytics of that. I mean, you know, you know I'm the, the analytical <laughs> techie person, but- Too many spreadsheets for you know, how many How many of those people are buying every kit? Yeah. That's an easy question to ask, or how many have bought more than one? And that'll kind of give you an idea of, okay, well, if 90% of my people are buying one every month, then I should sell 90% of those as a start. You yeah. Know? And I think that making your offer a no brainer is really the key too. like, if I'm buying these supplies or whatever is in your kit, Michelle, if I'm buying these separately, it would cost X. Mm -hmm. If I buy them on a subscription service, that's a no brainer deal yeah. for anyone that's repeat buying in your store. So that's, that's how you should look at it. Yeah. And, and just to give you an example, the hook for ours is, uh, the box is $60. You get free shipping and the retail value is 80 to $90. There you go. It's your instant discount. Right. So you already know what you're getting, how much it's worth and what kind of savings you're getting. So it's just, it makes it really easy for them. Like, well, duh, I should buy that. I think the biggest factor to that is not the savings, but it's the convenience. Yep. Um, 
you guys sell out of a lot of stuff mm -hmm. very quickly. So if I know that I'm on that subscription list, I'm guaranteed this box from Deco Exchange every single month. I don't have to scramble and get on and yeah. buy something while Damon's live making a wreath and then everything's sold out. I know I'm getting this box and it's going to refill my craft supplies, my ribbon supply yeah. um, every single month. And I don't have to, I don't have to worry that I can't find something. So I think that's the convenience. And sometimes that's more important and more valuable than the discount. Yeah. You want to grill me? I've grilled you. There, there is there a resource to get today? I know you've already talked about your my ebook, your ebook. So where yeah. where did they get that? So um, I believe that Damon popped his link in here. Um, <laughs> it's my link. I'm sorry, Damon <laughs> popped my link in here. Um, but basically, it's how to get started with a subscription box yep. because if you are not used to packing and shipping and fulfilling um, and all the logistics around that, it seems very, very overwhelming and it can just shut you down. Mm -hmm. So I'm really breaking down of how to select, you know, your niche because that's where it's at. And then what do you need to look for in the packaging area, boxes, poly yeah. mailers, mm -hmm. tissue paper, filler, all those little things yeah. as far as, um, shipping how do you do bulk shipping like i was there printing one by one labels at one time in my life and and you're not going to do that and so i kind of break down what you need to bulk ship it's awful yeah, it um to to do bulk shipping and then the other thing we talk about packing day because that's a process you heard parker talk about packing from the the kitchen around the house but how to make that efficient so that you know we pack several thousand subscriptions in a few days so i talk about the packing process and then it's um, a lot of people one of the main questions that people ask me is where do you get the stuff in your box so i kind of break down where you can start if you've never purchased wholesale or bought um, items for your store and how to do that. So that's what's in the ebook. And I also have a few little scripts in there to get you started talking to your audience about starting a subscription box. Um, so you can do, a, there's a few little posts that you can use on your social media yep. to kind of get the interest going and see what that drums up in your own space. So I, I do have a question. Um, it's actually an issue that I'm dealing with currently. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, or you know, I, I only use the, the brown boxes. There's nothing special. What are a couple things that you can do instead of going, you know, full gusto into having a custom box? What are some other options that you can do? So if you're not ready to spend the money on um, a full custom box, um, you can you can buy boxes from Uline. You can buy boxes on Amazon. Um, and then you, there's different things you can use to make them special, make them branded. You can use um, a logo tape. You can use a logo sticker. I used a rubber stamp on yeah. mine. And then I used like fun washi tape that was in the colors that matched mm. my box when I first started. Yeah. I used colored tissue paper because I was using a branded, um, a brown box too. Yeah. So it gave it some color right when I opened it. Um, so there's things that you can do now that, um, and you can save for that, for that custom box. There's also, um, Packlane has a new product line called Econoflex and it is a brown box, but it is branded with black ink. So you can still send a custom logo box. And I believe they're like a dollar a box. So mm -hmm. that's really inexpensive, yep. um, to have your logo on that box. And so that's, that's Packlane. That's Packlane.com. Packlane.com. And it's called Econoflex is that, that line. And those come in certain sizes. So that's one way to get yep. started. Also, there's 
really a difference between a box and a poly mailer. And mm-hmm. that's, there's a big shipping difference yeah, too. Yeah. So if you have a soft goods, like I have a t-shirt subscription, we pack those in a poly mailer and they're like 35 cents a piece. Um, and the shipping on that is first class. So it's, it's less than half of what um, priority mail shipping mm-hmm. is. So that can really save you if you have soft goods that you don't need a rigid box for. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I thought about getting the the rubber stamps for our boxes, but I just never got to it. And then I finally think I'm going to get the tape. I just have to design the tape and yeah, actually get it. I think that would be really cool. Uh, the Econoflex, we, our boxes are kind of big, our subscription boxes, at, you know, with the 22 by 20 by 8. But yeah. uh, we've, we've shrunk that down, you guys. Don't worry. Um, but it's, it's a little bigger than I'd hoped for the Econoflex. So um, so one, one other thing that I think is uh, the, the different guests that we have on the podcast – they're all going to be maker or maker related. And the biggest thing we have is like empowering or the biggest mission behind that is empowering other makers, um, you know, to grow their business or to, to turn their craft into a passion, into a hobby, into a, a full fledged company, you know, like a, uh, bring you home from work, live your dream kind of company, the American craft dream. What is, what is something or wh- how has being a, a maker changed your life or an entrepreneur? How has it changed your life? Well, it's changed everything about my life. I worked a nine to five, which was really a six day a week, nine to seven job. Um, I didn't have a lot of home time. We really did. We live paycheck to paycheck. Um, And that, I mean, when you start your business, it's not an instant change. You know, there was nine months um, that went by that I never paid myself when I started Mm -hmm. my business um, because every profit that we made was poured right back into the business. And it was just about doing something that you loved, you know, not about the money, you know, in the beginning, it was about how can I change my corporate job, my corporate life into something that I really enjoy every day. Um, and that's where it started for me, but it wasn't until I brought the subscription box into my business that I really gained traction. Um, it really created a special experience for my customer and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And, you know, I lived in a home for 16 years that flooded repeatedly and really never thought that we could get out of that mm-hmm. situation. Um, and within a year of having my subscription box, we were able to buy a new home because I knew that money was coming. Yep every single month that money would hit the bank account every single month and i didn't have to worry if whatever i had created that month would sell or not you know that's right, it was already gone it, i already knew it was yeah. going to be sold and so it just brought huge stability into my business which has allowed me to employ more people it's allowed us to grow into a bigger building it's allowed it's allowed so much of my life to change yeah. um, that i never thought would be possible that is awesome so for, for people who aren't watching, I know, Damon, you probably shared this and everything, but what, what the hell is in your boxes? I know you have like three <laughs> or four different boxes. What do you actually, what, what do you make? What do you design? What do you do? Like, tell, tell me about the boxes. So I have a couple subscriptions and my main box is called the monogram box. So my store is a gift store and we, um, we personalize everything. 
And so um, it's called the monogram box because we're doing the embroidery, we do laser, we do vinyl, but most of it is embroidered monograms. And so every month you get three to five things and one of them has your monogram on it. Mm. And that's um, that really started, that was the first box that I had. And that grew into our t-shirt club. And so now the t-shirt club has taken off and that the t-shirt club stemmed from me asking my customers, what did they want more of? And they told me, 85% of them told me t-shirts. And so we started the t-shirt club and that is a t-shirt they get every month, which is designed by myself or another artist. Um, it's exclusive to the, our, my business and um, they get, they get a t-shirt every single month. They can also upgrade their box to get that t-shirt every mm. month so they can get the full experience. But that's what I do. Awesome. You just made me think of exclusivity in the box. Yes. So that is something we never really advertised or never really talked about in our box. But now it's something that I'm kind of like using as a spearhead in terms of like marketing. Like this month only, you're going to get this one piece and you're not going to get it anywhere else. And it's not going to be available on our website. And I think that just adds, that's like completely unrelated to what we're talking about. But no, it adds it just a lot adds of value. So much, um, like give it to me now factor. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's scarcity. Yeah. It's FOMO. Yeah. It's yeah. fear of missing out on it yeah. because if your customer knows it's only available that month in that box and they're not a part of that, it instantly they're makes scared them, to miss it out. They don't want to yeah. miss out on that. Yeah. And so if you can do that with your own subscription box, not sell it outside of the people in the box, getting it, you're going to create that scarcity in your own business. There is another question on here. Can I, can yeah, I give sure. you another Let's one? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. So I've got one from Becky. Becky says, um, what are some things to focus on for customer retention? I mean, I'm always going to go to customer service. Number one. Always. Always. Nobody wants to deal with anyone who's rude or mean or anything. Um, it's just, how do I even say this? You're, you're, Damon says it all the time, actually. You're, once you realize that your business is not about you and it's about your customer, everything falls into place. Everything falls into place. When you focus only on the customer, that's all that matters. Yep. It doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what you think. The only thing that matters is the customer. Yeah. I think also for me, I, I want someone to open their box and I want them to think about me picking out these items just for them. Like, I want you to feel so special when you open the box that you feel like you're the only person that got that box, even though 2,000 other people did. Right. That is me choosing that for you because, you know, we curate each one of these boxes yep. and we do that very methodically. Mm -hmm. And we are thinking about our customer when we're doing that. And the other, I would think the other thing that is really important with retention is you need your customer to consume the items of the box because if they don't consume it, it will sit there and it will stack up month after month. And then they're going to look over and say, oh, I need to cancel that because yep. I haven't used that. So how can you help them consume that? Can you show them different ways to wear it, use it? Um, can you Teach show them how to them make something, with, how it. To make something yeah. with it? So mm -hmm. if your item is not consumable, like it's not food, it's not something that we use and throw away, how can you show them how to use it so it doesn't sit in that box every month and they will continue to want more and more and it doesn't yeah. sit there all and right th there's just like that christmas morning factor i i see all of our customers talk about it every time i do they're, an unboxing they're talking about it in the comments yeah. too yeah it's it is that christmas 
and Christmas I, I don't know how to how to synthesize that. I think it just kind of happens when you when you match the perfect product with the perfect customer. Yeah. You know? It's just that, oh my God, how did they know this is just what I wanted? And that goes back to the thing we were talking about <laughs> yeah. earlier is mm-hmm. knowing your customer and building an audience of only that customer. Yeah. You don't want all the people in the world on your page. You want your specific customer because that's going to be the most relatable to to your box, your subscription or whatever you're selling. Also, I just have to say it blows my mind every time I think about it, but you have thousands of boxes that go out and they all have different initials monogrammed on them. They're all different size shirts. Like I can't not even imagine the amount of like logistical nightmare that occurs with trying to do that. I really can't. As much as I hate spreadsheets because of you, (laughs) um, he tries to show me way too many (laughs) spreadsheets. It's, it's an organization thing. And it, we didn't like wake up one morning and have to figure this out for 2000 people. It started with 44 people for me. Mm -hmm. And we figured out a system that worked on 44 people and then a hundred people and then 300 people. And now we have it down to this science that to me, it's not a big deal from someone on the outside looking in. Yeah. They're like, how do you do this? But we have a system in place. And I think that goes back to where yeah. you started the subscription and didn't have a system. And yeah. then you had to pull back on it. And once you got that system in place, you're able to just keep growing and growing and growing. So it's all about creating a system. Nobody had a system of how to pop, pack 2000 boxes with five variables in it. Mm-hmm. Nobody had a system like that. We had to create it. We had to, we're we are creative. We right. can come up with solutions yeah. to problems. That's what entrepreneurs do. And so that's what we did. Sounds like you're a maker and you mean business. I am a maker <laughs> and I do mean business. <laughs> yeah. So Terry says she just has a friend who is who canceled her FabFitFun box because she was giving it away each month. So you can tell that that box was not curated for that customer because right. if it was, she wouldn't be giving mm-hmm. it away. She wouldn't want anybody to have that. No, she would want that all for herself. <laughs> and so that's not, that's not what we want. And yeah. she said she, um, Donna said she canceled hers for the exact same reason. So that tells me they're not in tune with their customer or they're not targeting the right person yep. to buy their boxes on ads and things. Yeah. Deborah says, because Damon and Parker know us. So they, you are curating a box because you know them, you know, your customer and that's what it's, that's what it's boils down to. Yeah. At the end of the day, customer avatars are so insanely important that I, I mean, I could talk for hours just on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want to know their name, what their kids' names are, their car, like, what do they do for fun? We, we have this image in our heads Mm -hmm. of this person. Her name's Debbie. Like we actually have a, a person that's our avatar. So I know what she likes. I know what she doesn't like. I know what kind of car she drives. What, what's her dog's name? I know all of this. Mm-hmm. She's not real. But anytime I'm trying to make a decision, I think of Debbie. What would Debbie want? What would Debbie do? WWDD. <laughs> WWDD, y'all. <laughs> and I know that sounds ridiculous, but seriously. That's what you have to think the, about. The business is not about me and what I want. It's about Debbie and yep. what Debbie wants. Warren says, do you ever open your shirt vault and give a chance to get them at the end of the year. I've seen enamel pin companies do that. I have never thought about that, Warren. Um, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. It would be a good marketing tool, but I don't know. I have to put some thought in that because I've I've said exclusivity exclusivity all year yeah. long. Um, but that would be a good that'd be a good thing to think about. 
<laughs> and if you want some more information on how to start your own subscription box, go over and grab my ebook that will help you get started. And then my program is opening in July. And that's launcherboxwithsarah.com. All right, you guys, that wraps up our episode of subscription boxes. Hopefully you guys took a good bit away from that between myself and Sarah sharing some of our little nuggets. Um, just I challenge you guys to kind of consider how you can work a subscription box into your business. Uh, possibly you already do physical product fulfillment. Maybe you don't, um, but you, you know what your customer needs or what your customer wants. So if you can fulfill that through a subscription box or even a subscription service in general, uh, it, it is a really good option um, as of now to have that recurring revenue added to your business and you know continue to serve your customers so they don't have to look anywhere else. You guys make sure and subscribe to the Makers Mean Business podcast. We do have episodes that drop once a week every Monday. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you guys soon.